0: Odd Trails contains adult language and content. If you have a story to share, send it to stories at oddtrails.com. Enjoy the show. Forget facts. Forget logic. Forget everything that seems real. And just trust. Believe.
1: The Haunted Theater by Drew When I was 17, I worked and performed at a youth theater in my hometown in Mesa, Arizona. This was back in 2019. I was pretty creeped out by this theater and was already pretty sure it was haunted because the vibes were ghastly. Flickering lights, freezing cold spots, even a perverted music teacher yeah, nasty. Luckily, I wasn't alone very often, until one afternoon in mid April. It's about 3 p.m., and I'm in the box office. Classes didn't start until about 6 p.m., so the only people in the building with me were the artistic director and her assistant. They told me they were going to grab some food and left. A few minutes later, I got a phone call from a student's mom, asking to come pick up a small wagon she had lent us for a performance camp. In order to get this wagon, I would have to go backstage. The backstage was kind of like a U-shape. You could pass behind the cyclorama, which is a plain curtain lit with colored lighting to change the appearance of the stage. The green room connected the backstage in the lobby so you could essentially do a loop throughout the theater. Now, I had no idea where this wagon was, so I chose to begin on the right side of backstage. I walked down the hallway and through the entry curtain. I immediately noticed out of the corner of my eye that while the backstage lights were on, the house lights, the chandeliers over the audience seats, were not. It was pitch black in there. I turn to pass behind the cyclorama, and about a quarter of the way through, I hear the unmistakable sound of a fully grown person bolting down the descending platforms and jumping with both feet onto the stage. You see, those platforms are hollow, as is the stage. I knew every creak in that theater like the back of my hand, and whoever had just charged up onto the stage was solid, and definitely not a child. I heard the boom, felt the ground shake, and watched the cyclorama ripple with the impact, like a flag in the wind. I just froze. As if it couldn't get any worse, I then felt that creepy, tingly, unnatural feeling of someone watching me. I knew that if I turned to face whatever peeked at me from behind, something bad would happen. So against all odds and every ounce of logic screaming at me, I walked to the other side, spotted the wagon, and began to unbury it from the heaps of children's costumes on top of it. Every one of my senses was on high alert, and I could see clearly in my peripheral vision That the stage was empty. Then, from a creepy, dark little bathroom we had in the corner, I heard a deep sigh. For some reason, that was my limit, and I leapt over the wagon like a gazelle and hightailed it to the safety of the box office. I have told this story to other people who went to this theater, and most of them have agreed that there is definitely something there. In fact, my ex-boyfriend's father heard the giggling of children there at 6 a.m. when no children were ever around. It scared him so bad that he never entered the theater alone again. Our director did say at one point that the former owner, who was a talented artist, would paint a figure into every set that she called the dragon. She said that the dragon would protect the theater but the real kicker for me was when I spoke to an older theater mom after I parted with the company on bad terms. I mentioned my experience, and she proceeded to tell me, Oh, I got rid of most of them. Most of them? She explained that there were multiple spirits in the building, but that there were only two now. We'll start with Paul. Paul seems to be the reason my box office was always a safe haven. Paul just liked to play with the lights, and sometimes take a prop or two. He seemed like a gentle soul who probably just enjoyed the theater. This woman had left him there on purpose, as she liked his company while she worked on sets. He would dim the chandeliers if you said his name and told him to stop they would slowly return to their original brightness. At one point, mid-production, all the cyclorama lights went out. The tech guy had to go into the ceiling to check on the connection and found that the power cords that connected the lights had been pulled apart. No one had been up there in literal years. Paul was a funny guy. Now my nemesis the one under the stage, a proper poltergeist. It was known for its phantom footsteps. From the context of what other people experienced, this would be the spirit that I encountered that day, and the description of it living under the stage haunts me to this day. From what I know, that stage remains untouched, and therefore, it is likely still there.
0: When You Can't Wake Up, Where Are You? by Cade I hope you guys haven't gotten tired of hearing dream stories yet, because I have a few that I've been meaning to share with you. Oddly enough, some of my earliest memories include some of the dreams and night terrors that I was plagued with all through my childhood and into adulthood. Here's the thing, though. I think that some of these dreams may have been unintentional astral travel. I would lucid dream regularly until I was about 8 or 9 without trying, and when I got into high school I began intentionally trying to do this again. I'm going to share two dreams that haven't left me. One from my childhood and the other from when I was about 15. The first happened while I was spending the night at my grandma's house when I was 6 or 7. In the dream, I was in the living room of my dad's apartment, and the room was filled with people that I didn't know. The room was also oddly warped. I was standing in the living room, looking across to the kitchen, and it seemed like the distance was so far. I couldn't clearly see the faces of the people standing around, so I ran across the room to talk to them and figure out what was happening. But as I closed the distance, their faces began to morph, and turn, grotesque. Their skin looked wrinkled and saggy like a vulture. Gripped with terror, I whipped around and looked back at the other side of the room. All the people I couldn't see clearly now looked to be normal, so I ran over to them. But again, as I got closer and closer, the group of women standing around the couch began to morph and their faces turned saggy and grotesque. Beginning to panic, I decided that I did not like this dream and I wanted to wake myself up. This was a thing I used to be able to do, probably because of how often I had nightmares. But in this dream, I couldn't. I strained and pushed at some muscle to wake up, and I simply could not. I turned to the hideous woman sitting behind me and said, This is a dream. Please help. I can't wake up. But this woman, who looked like her face was rotting off the skull, turned to me and quietly said, No, it isn't. You can't say that. I kept insisting that I needed to wake up, and then the lady said, Now you have really upset him. All the chatter in the room stopped, and everyone turned to look at the front door as loud footsteps that shook the entire house began to approach from the other side. Right when it seemed the footsteps reached the front door, I woke up in a jolt. The second dream happened around the time in high school when my friends and I were all really into the idea of astral travel and lucid dreaming. I was also heavily interested in some other paranormal stuff that I definitely wouldn't mess with now, and I'm honestly surprised that I didn't come out of that phase in my life with some sort of dark attachment. I wrote this down in a dream journal that I kept at the time. If I hadn't, I definitely would have forgotten all about it. The dream began relatively normally. I was in my mom's old trailer park playing with some other kids in the neighborhood. We ended up in my old backyard, but there was something different. What was supposed to be a small patch of dying grass now had a strange black pool in the middle. I think we all debated going for a swim in this mysterious pool, but eventually I jumped in. This pool wasn't really a pool, it was a drop-off, an edge. It went into a tunnel, shooting straight down into the earth, filled to the top with black water. I was treading water and holding onto the edge of the lawn when suddenly I felt my entire body being pulled down under the water. And that's when the dream changed. The next thing I know, I'm standing in a little clearing and a ways off is a large staircase leading up to enormous double doors. However, right in front of the stairs on the ground, there is this huge creature just sleeping, as if it were supposed to be guarding the building. Think Falcor from The Never Ending Story, except he had mange, and he looked more wolfish. I sneaked past this sleeping monster and went through the doors. This is the only part of the dream that I'm a little fuzzy on. I remember climbing a lot of stairs and being pulled to some location I wasn't aware of. I'm not sure how big this building was, but I knew it was expensive and I could get lost easily. I only met one other person in this wandering, but they seemed frazzled and panicked and were headed the opposite way that I was. They paid no attention to me when I tried to talk to them as they walked by. Eventually, I found myself in a room filled with people, seemingly young children. The ceiling was very low, and every few dozen feet, there was a cement post supporting it. At this point, a sense of panic and urgency was filling me, and I didn't want to be there anymore. I ran around to various kids asking if they knew where we were. None of them seemed unhappy with the situation that we were in, and were too preoccupied to pay attention to me i eventually found one kid who would look at me i told him we're all in trouble we need to leave his previously happy and unperturbed demeanor seemed to melt off of his face as he suddenly turned grim you shouldn't say that the kid said i suddenly realized i was dreaming and told him so again he seemed to become even more grim as he said, You shouldn't say that. Daddy is going to be mad. When he said the word daddy, the entire ground began to tremble, and all of the children stopped talking. A large door on the wall that I hadn't seen previously began to creak open, and the trembling ground turned into booming footsteps. I thought that I would wake up before I could see who this daddy was. But this huge figure crashed through the door, unhinged its jaw, and let out an inhuman roar that resonated through every fiber of my being. To this day, I don't know the best way to physically describe this figure. If you've played the game Little Nightmares, this thing looked something like one of the twin monsters. A rolling mass of flesh... It had this fat, deformed face that could unhinge its jaw. This mangled creature locked eyes with me and began charging. It would make sense if this was the part of the dream where I wake up, but I don't. The next thing I knew, I was in my old backyard, lying in the grass next to a dark pool. That same dark pool. It was as if it spat me out. I was panting and gasping for air. And then I woke up. More than a few of my bad dreams have this sort of looming entity in the background, seemingly waiting for me to gain consciousness. And very often, it is related to stairs. Or the farther up I climb these stairs, the closer to some sort of cosmic horror I get. I'm very curious if anyone else has had anything similar happen to them, or if anyone has the same relationship with stairs in their dreams.
1: My Scariest Paranormal Experience, by Mikey I've had a few paranormal experiences throughout my life, but this one popped up in my brain the other day, and I've been thinking about it a lot. I can't really explain what happened, so I thought I'd share. About two years ago, in the dead of winter, my power went out. This was a big problem for me, because I have a pet leopard gecko who requires heating elements to survive. It started getting very cold in my apartment very quickly, to the point I became worried about my pet's safety and did the only thing I could think to do, which was to take my gecko to my car and crank the heater up. Normally, we get a few power outages every winter in my area, and they last maybe an hour or two. This time was different because the power didn't come back on for six hours. After about an hour of sitting in my driveway, I got extremely bored and started driving around my neighborhood, which had some more rural areas that butted up against a national forest. One of these areas is an absolutely beautiful overlook, where you can see miles of the forest, and also a few streetlights, so I'd be able to see if the power came back on so I drove there and parked to enjoy the view. I had the heat running for a while, and the car had gotten a bit hot, so I rolled down the window to let some cool air in, and almost immediately started hearing something kind of far off at first, kind of a weird, sad-sounding howl, mixed with a squawk. I assumed this was an animal, but rolled up the window almost all the way, just in case. Over the next 20 minutes, the sound got progressively closer and closer to the car, until it sounded like it was circling me. I can still hear this sound in my mind, clear as day, even though this happened several years ago, and I know what animals we had locally and what they sounded like. This didn't sound like any of them. I got nervous and decided to leave, and to go get some food and gas in a neighboring town that still had a power. About another hour passes and there's still no power. Having convinced myself the sound was just an animal, and it had probably long since moved on, I went back to the overlook to enjoy my meal. About another hour goes by without anything happening. No noise, no nothing. Until eventually, I see movement, among the big rocks in front of me. It's starting to get dark, so I can't make it out perfectly. But at one point, it looked like the head of a disfigured animal peered at me over a rock, and then disappeared. I see this several more times, but I stay because if it was an animal, there was something severely wrong with it. Be it an injury or a birth defect, That would probably affect its quality of life, and I wanted to be able to let animal control know so they could find it or put it out of its misery if necessary, since it was clearly staying in that exact area. After a while, it starts making noise again, the same one as before, but now it's also added this horrible gurgling and sounds almost human. At this point, it's gotten completely dark and I can't see much of anything, but I can still hear it circling the car. Eventually, I hear what sounds like something messing around near the back tire, and I panic. I peeled out of the parking spot. I look behind me and see what is now very clearly a person in the taillights. They attempted to chase the car for a few feet, but quickly gave up. Is it possible this was just a person under the influence or suffering from a mental health issue? Yeah, it definitely is, but that seems pretty unlikely since it was below 30 degrees outside and far enough out of everyone's way. I doubt anyone would be hanging out there, let alone hanging out there for hours and wearing what appeared to be animal skin over their head. If it wasn't a person, Based on the location and how the thing looked, it was probably a skinwalker. This experience still terrifies me to this day. I believe I may have a recording of the sound that I will try to find. If I can find it, I'll provide it. But due to the power outage, I didn't film or record most of the experience to conserve my already dying phone.
0: I heard a voice, but I was completely alone by a spooky bitch. When I was a freshman in high school, I decided to move in with my mom. She was moving to a different city with her boyfriend and my siblings, and I was ready for a change of pace from where I had been before. We moved into a nice three-bedroom in town and settled in well, at first. It didn't take long for us to start noticing some odd things happening around the house, though. The atmosphere in the house always felt a bit off. I, having been more skeptical at the time than I am now, chalked it all up to everyone just adjusting to our new blended family and a new way of life. But it didn't take long for me to start having doubts. We would hear weird thumps in the walls at night. We would find cabinets opened that were previously closed and little odd things that could maybe be chalked up to explainable phenomena but altogether, gave everyone the creeps. On a few occasions, my family members claimed to have seen and heard something unexplainable. My little brother told us that he saw the apparition of a child turning his TV on and off, and messing with his toys. He barely slept that night, and was anxious about sleeping in his room alone for a few weeks after. My mom said that she saw a shadow figure standing at the entrance of her room on several occasions. She usually left her door open to be able to hear us, and several times she said that she had woken up to see this tall shadow figure standing in the doorway. Her boyfriend also had a weird experience. He was extremely skeptical, but this scared him too. There was a time when they were on the phone and he asked my mom where she was. She responded that she was in her room. She had been watching TV, but turned it off to take his call. He said it sounded like there were other people in the room talking, but there were not. It was just her. He said that it was like several whispers. They weren't super quiet, but they still weren't loud enough to be able to make out what they were saying. It was very strange. I'm not sure myself if there's a logical explanation for it, but it definitely scared them both a little, and he started taking us more seriously when we mentioned weird things were happening at home. A few months into living there, I found myself home alone for the weekend. My brother was off to his dad's, my stepsister was camping with her friends a couple of hours away, and my mom had gone off to see her boyfriend who was out of town for work a few hours away. While it was offered for me to go somewhere else or to come with her, I declined. Having the whole house to myself for the weekend sounded like a dream. I could cook, I could take care of myself just fine, and I wasn't a wild teen in the slightest, so my mom was not worried about me getting into trouble. I saw my mom off and then locked up the house for the weekend, excited for some me time. I was sitting at the dining room table drawing in my sketchbook. The house was empty and completely silent when I heard a few weird thumps in the hallway. It scared me since I was so focused, but I brushed it off and I continued with what I was doing. The house was completely silent again for a moment and then suddenly I heard a voice say, Hey! Very loudly from down the hall. The tone of the voice was as if it were trying to grab my attention or call me over. It sounded extremely similar to my sister despite her being hours away. That really freaked me out. I ran into my mom's room in a panic and I grabbed the metal bat that she kept in her bed. I dialed her up and luckily, she answered me quickly. I started telling her about what happened while I was slowly making my way towards the hall, peeking in all of the rooms with my bat at the ready. Needless to say, I didn't find anything, or anyone, in any of the rooms of the house. I checked under all of the beds in the closets and everywhere. Now, extremely unsettled, I sat in the backyard for at least an hour talking to my mom while I calmed down. The rest of my weekend was okay, albeit very tense, as I was super scared. The only other time I've heard such a clear voice was living in a different place with my mom. Once again, home alone, I was about 18 or 19 at the time. I was just up in my room, my dog lying on the floor next to me, and my cat cuddled up in my lap where I was reading a book. The door was locked, and nobody else was around. I heard what sounded like a child's voice call my dog's name from downstairs. At first, I thought that I was going nuts. But all of my animals reacted to the voice, so I knew what I heard was real. My dog, however, did not go after the voice. Instead, he got up, peeked out my bedroom door, then turned right around and hopped up in the bed with me. Whatever it was, I don't think he liked it. Once again, I checked the whole house and even looked outside. Nobody was home, nobody was outside, no TVs were on, there was no explanation for what I heard. In both instances, where I heard a voice, I was not asleep or even lying down. It was in the middle of the day. I don't have any mental disorders that would cause auditory hallucinations. I've never experienced sleep paralysis. I've had many times when I was asleep or half asleep and woke up because I swore I heard my name being called. I'm a very light sleeper and am easily woken by sounds. But in every instance, nobody in my home was calling me. I very clearly heard my name, though. Do any of you have stories about disembodied voices that you've heard?
1: Kitty Companion, and No Miley in My Car, by Kim. I've never been especially sensitive to any paranormal activity, but I do have two instances that I can't explain. Several years ago, my husband and I had to have one of our cats put down. Essentially, he was 18 years old and was having a difficult time keeping on weight, as well as a myriad of other serious health issues. It was a more humane decision, but we were still gutted by having been forced to make that decision. My husband worked overnights at the time, and we still had two other cats at home. My husband was working on this night, and I would go to bed at around 9pm or so to watch TV for an hour before falling asleep. While lying with my back to the door, I felt one of the cats jump onto the bed. I rolled over to see which of our cats graced me with his presence. But there was no cat there. I wasn't frightened at all, and chose to think that our cat who had just passed just wanted one more snuggle before crossing the Rainbow Bridge. Now for my second story. My son passed away a year ago, on August 2, 2022. He was 30 years old, and passed away due to sleep apnea. I'm still devastated, but life goes on for everyone else. Anyway, my ex-husband, my son's father, had suffered two other losses that year, and he just could not handle all of the final notifications that were needed, so he asked me to take over as executor of my son's estate. There was no will. My ex, my daughters, and I got together with the funeral director to make my son's final arrangements. I was left to handle everything else. My son's life insurance was easy. He had asked me when he started working who he should make his beneficiaries. I told him he should make his sisters his beneficiaries. That was a quick and easy outreach, copying my daughters on the email So that they could start the process of paying out his death benefits. My son didn't have a lot of assets, but his most prized possession was his car. This was his dream car. It was a very sporty Dodge Charger, and he was very, very proud of it. Now, one thing you need to know about my son is that he had Asperger's and was very opinionated about certain things. He loved American cars. Especially fast muscle cars. He also loved old rock music and hated pop music, especially songs by Miley Cyrus. He said her voice made his ears bleed. Anyway, since the car was a relatively new purchase and the car payment was essentially very manageable, I decided I was keeping his car. One day I was commuting to work in his car. I was very close to the end of one of your episodes, so I was looking forward to the next episode, but for some reason, I could not skip to the next one, so I just switched over to the radio. However, Party in the USA by Miley Cyrus was playing on the radio when I switched. As soon as I heard which song was on, the source immediately switched back to my phone, and the episode kept playing. I figured that I must have hit one of the buttons on the steering wheel, and then I switched the source back to the radio. Miley is still singing away, but then again, the car switched back to Odd Trails. Confused but not really thinking anything of it, at first, I switched the source back to the radio. Miley still singing. Now I'm getting the idea that something is going on. As I try several more times to switch to the radio, where Miley was still singing. And each time it switched back to your podcast, until the final switch. With the final switch back to the radio, Miley's song was finished, and it stayed on the radio. If you had known my son, you'd know he would have found this hysterically funny. It has never happened previously nor has it happened since. I truly believe my son came to visit me that day and wanted to let me know he was there, but insisted that there was no Miley Cyrus to be played in his car.
0: I saw something when I was a kid, another story by Spooky Bitch. When I was in elementary school, I lived in a house that creeped me out from day one. I never felt comfortable there. I always felt like I was being watched. I refused to even sleep in my own room because my room gave me such a bad feeling. I can't explain why I felt so uncomfortable in that house so immediately, but the vibes were completely off. My animals also reacted poorly to the house. My dogs would bark and growl at nothing and would stand over me at night as if they were protecting me from something. Sometimes I would hear weird things and the dogs would also react, so I knew it wasn't just me, like in my previous story. When I was around nine, I was sitting on the living room floor and playing with some toys while I watched TV. My grandma was passed out in the chair near me. I heard something. I thought it was my dog. I turned to look at the hallway. And that's when I saw this tall, black shadow figure move from the hallway across the living room, right in front of me, and through the side door onto the patio. I was extremely freaked out, and I ran off to go look for my dogs for comfort. They were in the backyard, so the sound couldn't have been them, and nobody else was in the house. I often slept in the guest room. For some reason, it felt safer than my own room did. The window in the guest room overlooked the side patio where the shadow figure went through the door. Almost every night without fail, my dogs would bark and growl at that window and stand over me or lie directly on me, as if they were protecting me. After this incident, I didn't feel truly safe anywhere that I slept. I would be up most nights too creeped out to fall entirely to sleep. Other things happened in that house as well, but that was one of the notable things for me, as it was the first time I saw something unexplainable. I wasn't asleep, and as I said, I've never had sleep paralysis. I'm mentally healthy. What I saw completely changed how I viewed the world, and I've had a lot of unexplainable experiences since then, but this one really shaped my beliefs in a major way.
1: Well, we could sit here and sulk about everything that's been going on in our personal lives
0: and talk about how late this episode is, but nah. Nah, we're good. Good to be back. Yeah. You know, I think the first time I ever saw a shadow person was at my friend's house. What happened exactly? So we were sleeping in the guest room downstairs instead of my friend's room for some reason. I don't remember why. I just remember waking up in the middle of the night and I saw this shadow person just hanging out in the corner of the room. I can't remember if I had sleep paralysis or not. I was like eight at the time. But I do remember not moving because because I was so scared, I guess. Mm-hmm. And the shadow just kind of disappeared after a while and I fell back to sleep.
1: It's always a little uncomfortable and weird staying at somebody else's house when you're so young. Yeah. I remember I would just never go to the bathroom even, or like ask for the smallest thing whenever I'd stay at my friend's house. I felt like I was already causing some huge inconvenience. Even though his parents were always really nice, I just never really felt completely at ease.
0: Yeah, definitely. Everything is always just so different from what you're used to. I remember being at that same friend's house. The first time I went over there, we had a dinner and his mom gave us all a big glass of milk to drink with dinner like it was an episode <laughs> of Malcolm in the Middle or something. <laughs> you know what? I got to confess. I'm a milkman. I know. Not, not
1: so much anymore, but I'll still sometimes pour a tall glass to go with my spaghetti like I'm in kindergarten. And Actually, you know what? Just the other night, I had some milk. I think I had some like sweet potato fries or something. <laughs> and yeah, I watched Rugrats with a tall glass of milk.
0: You know, that scenario sounds sweet, but... It's just weird to me now. In my house, milk was for cereal and cookies. It wasn't a beverage to pair with my fish sticks and french fries for dinner when I'm watching Hey (laughs) Arnold. And they just made me feel weird for not wanting to drink the milk at my friend's house. Mm -hmm. Not only that, it was the first time I ever had 2% milk. We always had whole milk in my house. So I was just like, what the hell is wrong with everything? And nothing is right in your house.
1: I heard somewhere, I don't know how true it is, it sounds true, but I think humans are the only people that still drink milk, like, into adulthood, you know what I mean? Like, you'd think it's just for babies, but no, I think humans are the only animals that actually drink milk until the day we die.
0: Yeah, I remember reading about that too. And not only that, we're drinking other creatures milk, not even our own yeah, milk. <laughs> th- I know we're not good weird. enough for ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I love those friends. It was just a, a funny, weird memory. It took me
1: way too long to understand that milk fat percentages were a thing. Yeah. I thought the cap colors were just different brands or something. I loved drinking whole milk at my grandma's house because I thought my parents just got the cheap stuff or something, but no, they just intentionally bought the green cap 1% garbage
0: all along on purpose. Yeah. I guess it doesn't help that I developed a mild lactose intolerance in my adult years, which is weird because I remember both of us drinking like a gallon a day when we were in our twenties because we were trying to put on weight while lifting Mm-hmm. maybe I just overdid it and I screwed up my gut.
1: Yeah, maybe. I don't know how I did that for so long or you for that matter. Yeah. I've always just been so afraid of kidney stones these days, like oh, yeah. a legitimate health concern. I hear that it's the most painful thing a man can go through because, you know, women have childbirth. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I could do it anymore. I think I'll just stick to my pushups and yoga while I'm in my 30s. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't think there's any solid evidence that dairy or milk causes kidney stones. I was a little paranoid about that too, so I did some research back in the day. In fact, there are studies showing that it can protect you from getting them, which is weird. Well then, back to the weight room. I'm going to get my new deadlift PR. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there are so many of those claims that this causes this, and we believed them for so long, and they're now being debunked. So you can't be blamed. I remember when fat was a real enemy and not sugar. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah. Everything was marketed to be low fat. Therefore, it's better for you. But (laughs) you know, like healthy
0: fats are a thing. The Seinfeld yogurt. It's (laughs) non-fat. Anyways, I enjoyed the uh, bittersweet happy haunts and the double feature stories that we got
1: from Kim. Me too. Feeling a ghost cat on the bed seems to be a really common thing, actually. Mm -hmm. Even I've had that happen like actually feeling one of my cats walk on me when i'm in bed trying to go to sleep and not like already asleep but just lying there put my phone away put on do not disturb and then seconds later a little cat walking across my squishy abdomen
0: (laughs) yeah i can already feel
1: my eyes beginning to itch yeah that's an annoying allergy to have but i don't know maybe it was just like could have been one of my dearly departed feline friends saying hi Or it could have just been like the phantom phone vibration we sometimes feel in our pockets Mm. even when we don't have our phones.
0: Yeah. Uh, My therapist was actually talking to me about phantom vibrations recently because we were getting into mind-body stuff. It's crazy what the brain can trick the body into believing or experiencing.
1: Yeah, I think it's just like the, uh, we've always talked about placebo, it seems like Mm -hmm. it's that time of the month, got to talk about placebos, but when we convince ourselves that something is true... It's gonna manifest one way or another, like the book that you talked about and had me read, "The Way Out." Hundred percent. How just to uh, yeah, won't get into all that again, but yeah. we can truly, truly change the outcome with our thoughts. Mm-hmm. So on to Kim's second story. Mm-hmm. I've got to say, Kim, your son sounds like a rad dude. Yeah, muscle cars and classic rock. <laughs> that guy was a walking and talking Home Depot commercial. Yeah, but in the best way possible. Yeah. And no offense to Miley Cyrus, though. No, not at all. I hope she's an avid listener. Everybody has their tastes. I understand his frustration, though. We've talked about how you hate hearing people eat. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure I've already mentioned how much I don't like hearing other people's music when I'm trying to do something. Even if it's a song or artist I like, if I didn't play it, it's just an instant distraction. And my focus is completely drained.
0: I realized recently that I have a big aversion to kissing sounds. Hmm. I'm doing my yearly Twin Peaks rewatch. And I noticed that every time I see someone on screen kissing and making those exaggerated kissing sounds, I'm cringing so hard.
1: Ew, ew, ew. No, no, no. Yeah, I hate that too. The absolute worst is watching a kissing scene with your parents around. Yeah. You got the sound triggers. Coupled with the secondhand embarrassment, like you're doing something wrong by existing in the Mm -hmm. same room when that's on the TV.
0: I hate that. (laughs) I also don't like sex scenes in movies or TV either. Brody. just feels so unnecessary and awkward. You're just waiting for the scene Mm -hmm. to be over. (laughs) But I guess that's talk for a different kind of podcast, if you know what I mean. Fifty Shades
1: of Grey Alien, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't have any profound analysis to offer for Mikey's story, but... I'm glad that they take care of their geckos so well. Oh, hell yeah. The creature they described actually made my hair raise just a bit. I love stories that take place in remote locations, always good. And I'm not leaning towards it being some sort of weirdo out in the woods. Yeah. Because it would make no sense for a human to take that long to approach the car and mess (laughs) with the back wheel or whatever it was let alone make so much noise announcing their presence.
0: Yeah, I'm with Mikey. I think they got it right by calling it a skinwalker. Bigfoot would be cool too. Yeah.
1: You know, I I hope we get some more Bigfoot. Me too. Like we have been with the UFOs or UAPs as the government would prefer to call them Uh, for whatever reason.
0: Yeah, they should just call them UFOs. It'd be so much cooler.
1: My guess is that they don't call them UFOs, so skeptics might take the research more seriously or maybe to limit some sort of public freak-out that everybody was so concerned about. But I just think that even though the term UFO is literally just an unidentified flying object, Mm. it's too closely correlated with little green space people. So it needed to be rebranded before people took it more seriously.
0: Yeah, I I see what you're saying. I agree. Uh, Regarding Spooky's story about The Voice, I really think that the move and the formation of a blended family could have heightened everyone's emotional and psychological sensitivities. Like, Mm -hmm. that kind of change in a family could really bring on stress and adjustment challenges, which might have made them more prone to noticing those unusual occurrences.
1: Yeah, I mean, any sort of dramatic, life-altering thing is going to boost a person's sensitivity. Yeah. People might be tempted to write it all off as some sort of audiovisual hallucination mm-hmm. to fully lean into the objective science behind it. But when the experiences are shared and a bit more inexplicable, mm-hmm. that's what gets me scratching my chin or <laughs> however you want to put it. <laughs> Carl Sagan, I talked about him, I think last episode or whenever, he writes it all off as just people's experiences being a manifestation of trauma, Mm. like hallucinations to fill the void of some traumatic experience. And even if that's possible, I don't think it's fair to say that's always the case. There's never any way to know for sure.
0: Yeah, it could just be that that trauma is manifesting itself in a heightened sense of other dimensions and other spirits and beings that we can't explain. You know, it, it could be a combination of both explanations, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like science
1: and religion. They don't have to be mutually exclusive. There's exactly. some middle ground between the two.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like the movie Babadook where you aren't quite sure if it's real or not. It toes the line And it ultimately ended up being a great story because of that. So thanks for sharing, Spooky. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you. And make sure to send your stories in to stories at oddtrails.com. If you want to hear them on the show... All of the stories you've heard this week were narrated and produced with the permission of their respective authors. And if you guys want to get access to ad-free episodes, that's our entire catalog, head over to patreon.com forward slash oddtrails to sign up and support the show today. All of our audio on there is at a higher bit rate, so it's going to be the best listening experience. And finally, make sure you check out the new episodes of my other podcasts, Let's Not Meet a True Horror Podcast, and the Old Time Radio Cast at crypticcountypodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. See you all next week, everyone. Stay safe and stay healthy. Peace out.
1: Don't let the ghosts and the ghouls disturb you, darling.